Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. We got here as quick as we could. How is Skyway traffic even a thing at 10 p.m., right? Drive. Aye, aye, Captain. We kind of have something we need to tell you. Now's not the time for it. Just drive. The old Sky Cab's grav engine spun up as it lurched into the air and away from Johnny's freshly devastated world. She'd worked it out as she'd packed the duffel bag that now sat beside her. Derby Bell was counting on her to be reckless, to be vengeful, to let the devil in. Truth be known, she wanted nothing more than to oblige her. She knew better, though, that it was those thoughts, those revenge fantasies, that would be the sort of thinking that would get her killed. There were steps to this dance, after all, a rhythm to it. The momentum had to be grown and nurtured, the beat built up. It was a matter of momentum, and she had to take that momentum back. As if grimly punctuating the thought, she unholstered her twin mores before setting them beside her on the back seat of the car. So, are we taking you someplace specific, or are we just killing time? Megaris District Intracol. I need to be in base jump range at that building. Think you can make that happen? I, maybe. I mean, I could try. So, I guess we're working tonight? You're damn right we are. I... I think I can hack us some phony credentials on the fly. I've never done it before, but it might buy us one, maybe two minutes in commercial airspace. I'd need to get out of there before then. I'm pretty good, but there's never been a day that I've been good enough to pilot this cab through a restricted zone like that. Yeah, I'm gonna need you both to be better. Better than you've ever dared to be. Intercol is still a contractor company, but it's a big contractor. I get that. We're there for you. Anything we can do. But there's a problem. We're not going to be able to pick you up. There's hot, and then there's what this is going to be. It's fine. I'll find my own way home. Johnny continued her preparation by pulling a heavy plastic case from the duffel, putting it down on the seat beside her pistols. She was forced to close her eyes a moment as lights from the traffic of the countless flight cars filled the cab as Evan merged onto the Biosha Megaris flight path. Blinking the distraction away, the Merc took a moment to acknowledge the anger 
to let it in long enough to see the sustaining rage at play, hammering against her resolve like the waves beating upon the break wall below them. In the distance, she could see Boeotia and the many domes that churned out the lion's share of food production for the city on the sea. Looking down at her tools, her mind again returned to the plan, or at least whatever plan there was to be had. This play of derbies was an obvious one. If you wanted to change a Merck's focus to get them to forget about a well-paying job and the rep that comes with it, then you might want to hit them where it hurts. Hit them at home. Put something on the table more vital than chips. It was the only reason she could think of for the assassin to take Revek out like that. When one gets paid for killing as a professional, they don't usually exercise their talents for free, after all. All this meant that if she wanted to take the momentum back and to come out of this alive, then the best way to counter the goad was to ignore it. To keep hyper-focused on the job at hand. To call your opponent's bluff and sidestep the trap they'd lain out in plain sight. If she could force Derby to come to her, to keep on protecting her own interests, then maybe Johnny would have a chance to pick her own ground. There it was that Estella Morgan went in an instant from queen to pawn and no longer the desired extraction target she'd expected herself to be. She was now caught up in this game as a catalyst, a pull bringing the fate of both Assassin and Merc together on a deadly collision course. No, it's time to be strong, Johnny. Stronger than you've ever been. Dying today isn't gonna do, girl. Hold it together. Grieve afterwards if you must, but hold the line now. Just, just till it's done. Johnny, something happened, didn't it? We only ask because... Well, we kind of fucked up. And you should know. Remember when we met you? Well, we do. It was the most important day of our lives, actually. You hailed a taxi. Well... Really, you more or less jumped out a window and landed on the hood of my cab, mid-flight, somewhere down in the lightway. You were covered in blood, and Ella went ahead and opened the door for you before I could try to shake you off the hood. (laughs) I was so pissed with her. Never did get that stain all the way out. Don't remind me. Anyway, what we never told you is that we were already working for someone. It was... Abusive, manipulative, and we'd probably be dead if it weren't for you. So, when you offered to take us in, we dropped any deals we still had with her flat. Catch was, she had a condition for letting us walk out on her. That we owed her one last service, whenever she came to collect on it. That's how she operates. She collects favors. What is this? Where is this going? We didn't ever really think we'd actually get tattooed. I I mean, become real mercs, getting to take contracts on? But then Nick said one of the rules was you gotta settle all debts when you go official. So we called her up, and of all things she could have possibly asked about, she asked about you and where to find you. Worst possible time to cash in, right? The last word had barely made it past Evan's lips before Johnny had swept her pistols up and put barrels to the back of the duo's heads. (laughs) Reprobate! Tell me why I shouldn't fall to the ground and brain the both of you right fucking now! Only sense now. It makes all too much goddamn sense. You gave me up to Derby Bell! Betrayed me and didn't even have the nerve to warn me! 
to even give me the privilege of defending myself well. Lucky for me that I wasn't home. But you don't have to worry your little heads about it because he settled for putting the blade through my dad instead. Oh, shit. We didn't know what to say or how to tell you. So we sent a message to Revik, anonymously. And when we didn't get a response, we sent another. He knew? You're telling me he knew she was coming for me, for us? He, he had to know. Like, how, how couldn't he? he? He sent me on some fool's errand. When I came back to find him, he was on about destiny. Said fate had done it to him. Wouldn't tell me much more before I rerouted systems to keep him going till I got back. I... <sighs> Alright, look. I'm gonna lower these shooters. But I want you to know something here and now. I believe you. That you tried to warn Revik. It's pretty on brand for the both of you to miss scanning that as being little better than doing nothing at all. But it's enough to save me the trouble of a couple bullets. You've broken my heart. And now this is how we all get to walk away from this. You're going to do your part in getting me to intercall, and we're going to manage that in blessed silence. You're going to take that silent act we're playing at and bring it forward. What you've done to me, I can't forgive you. You're strangers to me going forward. Do you get that? Do you understand it? Oh, don't go stiff on me now. I want you to bob those heads if you're savvy what I'm saying to you. Good. Deal is done. Johnny let the two steal a look between one another before she cast her eyes down and popped the clasps on the case. From within, she removed a pair of bulky clasps, adjusting them a couple of turns to fit them around her ankles. She'd been saving these grav packs for something suitably dramatic, and almost certainly far less practical than what she was using them for today. In the meanwhile, Ella began her forgery and promised silence, as she worked on programming a tube of lipstick with a code that might be mistaken as a license on a cursory scan of the vehicle. It was far above her skill to build a serviceable fake ID, so she'd need to rely on building a reasonable glitch instead. Small inconsistencies in the hack she was building would inevitably force an error that would seem pretty routine, causing the algorithm to flag the car for a follow-up. Forcing a conversation with a real guard could get them a couple minutes tops. With a sudden lurch, the sky cab swung itself from the flight path, leaving the uniform landscape of Boeotia behind for the neon decadence and fashion of the Megara skyline. Hollow signs competed for their attention, promising relief, entertainment, and all manner of luxury on behalf of the district's many commercial services and distractions. It was the kind of thing that was the stuff of dreams back in Arcadia. We're coming up on the tower now. Hold on. Wow, we're getting scanned already. This could get interesting. You sure this license is going to work? Not gonna lie, not the most confident about resting my physical well-being on a beauty product. It'll work, just don't look too suspicious. Oh, no problem. What could possibly be suspicious about a decommissioned taxi cab peppered full of bullet holes and wobbly due to a damaged portside stabilizer? Just flying around commercial space. Like, who would even license this car? Cut the chatter, the both of you. I need you to get me about 50 meters or so above the traffic line. Breaking traffic formation around here? That's gonna turn some heads. Just do as I say, Evan. Incoming call. Should we answer? Do it. Stall them until I'm in range for the jump. Righto. Okay, Evan. 
got this. License LT8963P5, this is Intracall Hightower. We're having some difficulty identifying your clearance. Oh shit! Oh, oh, ow, oh, ow, shit, oh! License LT8963P5, please clarify. Oh, oh, thank God it's you, Hightower. My name's Evan. I'm an independent driver dispatched from Thompson Fastlane, Attica District. I'm so sorry, but my girlfriend, uh, ex-girlfriend here, just spilled hot coffee all over my console and my seats and groin. She spilled coffee on my groin! The coffee routine again? Really? Like you could even afford coffee, Evan. Also, you're so not my type. It's the first thing I thought of. Just shh, all right, Ella? Now, my fare is demanding that I get this tub back on track, or... Ow! Ooh! Oh, goddammit! Okay, this... this... this is uncomfortable. Can I just hover here for a minute and get this cleaned up, Hightower? Negative. Please rejoin traffic and proceed along previous course. But my testicles... I could do without hearing about your testicles. Come on, Evan, just a little bit closer, and we're gonna range. Like, what didn't you get when he said that I spilled coffee all over the console? Controls are jinxed up. Got any tips on mid-flight repairs, Hightower? Uh, not our concern. You're drifting within critical proximity to our structure. Get your vehicle under control immediately, or we will be required to respond with force granted under permissions in Article 1906B, Protection of Contracted Property. Yikes! Closing that call. It's now or never, Johnny. I suppose I'll have to do. The door was already raising as Johnny swept up her pistols and slung the duffel onto her back. She'd hated to admit that Evan had the right of it, that the time for talking was over. Without even so much as a second thought, she stuffed her nerves down before grabbing the exit handle above her to perch upon the edge of the seat, and the perilous drop, teeming with flying cars, drones, and all other manner of commotions that made this district the bustling hub that it was. With one last intake, she held her breath and let herself fall from the hovering car. Battered by the wind, Johnny erratically tumbled for a panic moment before stabilizing her freefall. With a silent prayer to any form of luck that she had left in this world, she plunged back through the traffic lane they diverged from. Each near miss was closer than the last as the frenzy rushed past her falling body, the autopiloting vehicles doing their best to account for the invading obstacle until she plummeted back into empty air, unscathed and feet first. Cutting hard towards the tower, she raised her pistols to fire shots through a set of specific arranged windows on the 123rd floor. Now was the moment. The timing needed to be perfect, she thought before urging her adrenal pump to engage. The grav packs engaged, shattering the damaged window while at the same time cushioning her landing to a manageable impact upon the carpeted floor of the suite. The airborne glass shrapnel reflexively forced the two bodyguards in the room to immediately put themselves between their charge and the violent flurry. That instinct would be their last, as Johnny was already to her feet and discharging precision shots before the debris had even settled. When it finally had, only Johnny's extraction target remained, covered in the sea-green blood of her protectors, but otherwise unharmed. <coughs> You're still Morgan, yeah? Welcome to your first extraction! Best get used to it, Rich. Nitwits like you get passed around often enough, so I 
I wouldn't imagine it's your last. Uh, I, I, what is this? This was not how I contracted. I expected discretion. I expected a professional. Oh, I'm sorry. Should I, I leave then and give it another try sometime else? No, no, of course not. Don't be ridiculous. I'm sorry. It's just, it's been a long time since I've seen someone die. Well, isn't that a special sort of privilege? That was unfair of me. Are you ready to go? I've been ready to go since the day I opened my eyes. And there's no time for wasting. Let's move. Can you guide us to a parking bay? We're going to need wings to get out of here. Yes, yes, of course. Floor 130 is a docking hub. You don't have transportation arranged? Afraid not, they had the dodge. I'm not going to lie to you, this is going to be a messy one. No time to do it any other way. They have an assassin trying to pull a full stop on this little job. Only thing working in our favour today is that I got a surplus of aggression to work out of my system. Some issues, you know? As a rule, I'd say you'd do best to stick close behind me, stay to cover if you can. And take this duffel, I'll pack you a little extraction day present. What's in it? An obelistic jacket to protect from stray shots. If they know I've gone off with this castle's princess, then they'll likely be loading gel rounds, but let's just be safe, yeah? Do you know how to use a sidearm? Yes, well, in another life I trained thoroughly. It was a security requirement against this sort of situation. I was quite proficient, actually. Good, you can take my spare. I want you to be ready. Keep your eyes out for me. Standard response rate in these sorts of situations is 45 seconds, so I'd say we're about due for some resistance. Elevators are out of the question, so be a dear and get that stairway door for me, won't you? Cybernautica Breakwall is produced by Red Fathom Entertainment. This episode featured the voice talents of Abigail Turner as Johnny, Travis Story as Evan, Madeline Darrow as Ella, Veronica Pierce as Estella Morgan, Bobby Frankenberger as Hightower Security, narration by Dan Bowd, and script editing courtesy of Jupiter Sanders. Cybernautica is written, designed, and edited by Damien Sidlow. Our show is 100% fan-supported, no sponsors or ads, so if you like what you've heard here, please consider stopping by cybernauticapod.com to find out how you can back the show, as well as the cool stuff that you can get for getting behind us. A special thank you to Girl in Space's Sarah Ray Werner and her Podcast Now Masterclass for helping light the fire that turned into this story. Thank you for joining us this episode, and welcome to Neo-Atlantis. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Are you two still awake? Dad, we're too excited! You'll be tired at Mockery Manor tomorrow, and it's bigger than ever, so you really do need to sleep. Daddy, tell us about the new expansion! Okay, okay. Yay! Once upon a time, there was a wonderful place, Mockery Manor. Everyone loved it, but sometimes it felt lonely. The manor longed for a companion, so they built a whole new park right next door and called it Claytonville. And it was the rootinest, tootinest place you ever did see. Yee-haw! 
Hop on board the brand new Mockery Railroad all the way to Claytonville. Toot toot! In Claytonville, there are four cowboy lands to explore. Lasso a goat in Farmin Valley. Kiss your girl's best friend in Lovelorn Town. Stupid Terry. And in Cowboy Christmas Town, hop on down to the Bluegrass Grotto to meet Cowboy Santa. Ho, ho, ho down! And are you brave enough to ride the wildest ride in Claytonville? Look out, it's the Four Spurs Pine Tree! Two parks in one and only $19.99 for a family of four. And how about you? Yeah, that's right. You. Listening to this. Are you ready to come back? To Mockery Manor. Season 3. Available now. <laughs>